0: What's up, Notre Dame fans? It's Reggie Brooks. I'm here to tell you I'm meeting my biggest fans on Meat League. Let's talk Notre Dame football past and present. A portion of the proceeds will go to the Holtz's Heroes Foundation, and one lucky winner will win two tickets to the BYU-Notre Dame game in Las Vegas. So download Meet onto your iPhones and meet me at Meet League. Hello Notre Dame fans, welcome in, I am your host Ashton Pollard here this week the Blue and Gold.com Notre Dame football show as you can hear I still don't have a voice but I'm here anyways I will go ahead and introduce my co-host Mike, Mike Singer and Tim Mike, how are you tonight?
1: Doing great, doing great sorry a little late show to start uh, on, on YouTube for live, a little bit of technical difficulties um, Ashton, her voice is... Uh, it's coming along. If you don't like it, um, I suggest you go kick rocks um, and just turn our show off. Don't care. Um, and uh, yeah, Ashton's been cutting. End. We got a little uh, tefl- technical difficulties. She's lagging a little bit, but we're gonna we're gonna work through it. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Ashton, Tim, doing great. That's
2: how are you? There.
0: Good. Yes, like Mike said I promise you I'm trying to go to the doctor. And for anyone who's frustrated with my voice you are not more frustrated than I am so bear with me but before we get into all our topic we have all of them um, I want to go ahead and plug our $1 deal it's still happening back from your site move on New Year's we moved over to on three and you can get a full year of content from us. Um, football, football recruiting, basketball, both men's and women's, hockey, baseball. Um, obviously, basketball just ended up, but we're getting into the height of baseball season and Notre Dame's quite good. So you're gonna to wanna to tap into that. You also get message board access um, with that which is a lot of our hot takes and updates. Um, and if you wanna get those for anyone else, we highly suggest you hop in there um, on the board. So again, it's $1 for a year. And obviously, if you are watching this on YouTube, Go ahead, give us the thumbs up if you're listening back via podcast. Give us a five-star review. Tell us what you like about us, what you don't like about us, but be nice. Um, yeah, that's that's what I have before we go ahead and get started with our opening segment that we always do. What are you drinking, Tim? Go first.
2: <laughs> I'm just, since we're going a little earlier tonight, I just went with a, uh, where's my camera? There we go. A little Harpoon beer, which is a brewery out out, out in Boston. So,
1: a little
0: nice. New England tonight. Mike, what about you?
1: Two Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> Two Tigers. Uh, Indian whiskey. That is
0: awesome.
1: Nice. nice. I'm drinking,
0: drinking an old-fashioned. I went out last week and brought Luxardo cherries, which I cannot afford, but I did it anyways, And it's delicious. So, thank you to Michael for sending that to all of us. It's very good. Love it. All right. We hey, have to go ahead.
2: Despise, wow, what's despise. up? The spiced rum that Michael sent us, that Malabar, top-notch. It's excellent. Been yeah. sipping on that. It's philosophy. so good. That is really good.
0: It's really, yes. Um, awesome. Well, we are going to go ahead. We have a lot of recruiting talk, but we're going to start things off with kind of the hottest theme in Notre Dame football right now, maybe besides the quarter battle, but Kyle Hamilton, the outgoing All-American safety that will participate in the year be in the NFL draft in um, about a month here, April 28th, to get started. He is a likely top five pick, almost surefire top 10 pick, which we're going to get into in a minute. Uh, but yeah, we, we wanted to go through because there's been a lot of talk recently about what he fall out of the top 10. And I'll give a brief kind of summary of where we stand on that, basically. What I've seen in your is that he will go. Top 10. There was a new draft that just came out that I think, Mike, if you could pop that up on the screen uh, from Mock Draft, that shows him going 11th to the Washington Commanders, and that is not due to teams not thinking he's talented or an elite athlete. That has, I guess, entirely to do with the fact that he's a safety and typically the NFL does not value safeties um, at a crazy high level. So what I'm still seeing predominantly is that he's gonna go somewhere in the top 10. Both the Jets and the Giants, they need, they need help everywhere. But in particular, they need secondary help. Um, they both have two top 10 picks. So kind of the predominant sentiment is there's no way that he falls out of the top 10 because. One of those teams is going to use him as their second source, and pick. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we're seeing on that. And I know Tim, you have kind of a an interesting take on Kyle Hamilton's career at Notre Dame. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, first off, he's an absolute yeah. stud, uh, stud. He's you know one of the all time great Notre Damers, no doubt about it. But it just seems so. It, it seems like he just got here a couple of days ago and he's gone. It just. It's an interesting career, and that's not not the negative. It's just. He came and he's gone. It seems so fast. It's almost like, you know, I've used the quote when we've chatted, like, you know, I mean, did we see the best of Kyle Hamilton? Did we? It it just seems, especially this year, getting injured in the middle of the season. But, you know, it even goes back to his freshman year. How was he not on the field all year long? You know, how, you know, why was he a backup as a freshman? When everyone knew he was the best player in that secondary, but some great games, great career. You know, I think he had an outstanding Clemson game in 2020. Obviously, the Bama game he was outstanding. I go always go back to the SC game. They literally built the defensive game plan around Kyle Hamilton going up top on all on all those great wide receivers that USC had in a 2019 his freshman year. So it's an interesting uh, career in that it just went so fast. It really did compared to some early entries that Notre Dame's had over the, over the years. And then when you look at his draft status, I you know. It's interesting. I started going back. I went back 50 years. You know, you can tell how uh, you know, I didn't have a lot to do at work today. So went back 50 Mm -hmm. years and he will don't, you know, he's only going to be the seventh, you know, he's, he's going to be drafted high. This talk about him falling to the teens and twenties is ridiculous. He's just too, he's just too athletic, but he's, you know, he will only be the seventh Notre Dame DB picked in the first round in 50 years, which is just astonishing. So, you know, going back to his career, when you look at his career, he's you know, he's gotta be considered on the probably the Mount, you know, Mount Rushmore someday of the great, great Notre Dame defense and backs in the history of this program. So he's you know, I mean the team's gonna miss him this year. There's no doubt about that.
1: Well, yeah, Tim, so he was obviously a key part of the defense's freshman year, sophomore year. I'm trying to think, did he miss any time? I, I don't I don't think he did. And then obviously played, what, half the season or so this year um, mm-hmm. due to that injury. So it's like, yeah, the team's going to miss him. But, I mean, he, it, it, that's why it's it feels like it's gone by so fast because of his injuries. So um, yeah. I'm going to pop this up for a YouTube audience. This is a really interesting tweet from Matt Miller, uh, NFL Draft Scout uh, for ESPN, someone we actually had on the show uh, around this time last year to talk about Notre Dame's draft prospects. Um, now he's with ESPN. So I don't know if he's got, if he's too big time for us now, but he tweeted, uh, read this for podcast audience. I love Kyle Hamilton. Um, but this does seem to be the case following his combine and pro day. This is with regards to Hamilton potentially falling out of the top 10. And he says, I think we slash I slash the media are higher on him. Um, than what i'm hearing from teams last week last week being uh, the combine i believe right last week or, or pro days last week whatever it was last week right. and he says it only yeah. takes one but reality is more likely outside the top 10 picks and then he also followed that tweet up with and this is just me prepping for uh prepping you for force um if slash when it happens he's ranked in my top five i harbor no notre dame hate It's just a reality given positional value and testing results. So I like that Matt had to kind of say, hey, this isn't Notre Dame hate because a lot of times Notre Dame fans love you to death. um, But when people have any kind of criticism about Notre Dame, it's, well, they just hate Notre Dame (laughs) because Notre Dame fans are used to a lot of people just hating Notre Dame. Um, But not everybody hates Notre Dame. Matt Miller does not hate Notre Dame. But So I kind of give all that information and context to ask Tim this question. What is it about the safety position that makes that value not that high? Like the draftnetwork.com, their number one player in the draft, Kyle Hamilton. I mean, like Matt Miller says he has him in his top five. Todd McShay and Mel Kiper did a mock draft this week, number two to the Lions. So what is it that... You know, some people think that he might drop out of the top ten because his positional value and how much of this is the forty-yard dash times that he's ran recently.
2: Well, I think it's the I think the forties because you know if you're gonna spend a, if you're gonna spend a high pick on a defensive back in the NFL where everyone throws, I mean it's a seven on seven league. You know, everyone, you know, there's no hash marks, everything's in the middle of the field, and you're just chucking the thing all over the place. That's that's the NFL these days. And with safeties, safeties are kind of <laughs> like running backs. You, you know, you'll find some guys to cover. And there's so much situational defenses and guys coming and going. They're looking for more tall corners and really with Hamilton's size. And even when you go back and watch his highlights at Notre Dame, you know, you know, this, you know, people may not like this, but 90 plus percent of his highlights are all 10 yards and under. They're all in the box. There's very, very few deep highlights of him being a free safety. So is he a guy that's going to sit in the middle of the field and go sideline to sideline, or is he a box guy? Is he a strong safety? Is that, that nickel strong safety type guy. And um, that's, I think what some te- you know people, when you start reading stuff on the internet, more and more of that talk is, but the NFL throws the ball over the place. How is he not a guy that you want in your package? His length is just freakish. That's the thing. If you're, if he's covering a slot, his length is going to overdo so much of that speed aspect.
0: Yeah, no, he's at six four. That's a that's a rarity at that safety. So, we will see what happens there. Um, unless Mike, do any final comments on Kyle Hamilton, or should we move along?
1: Uh, not comments on Kyle Hamilton, but Bernie's comment here uh, says Tim looking like he's about to win an Oscar. I look every time we. I, I'm about to pick up my clothes for this show. I'm like. So I want to look good, but I'm like, mm, I'm going to be sweating bullets for an hour. So no, I'm not going to put on a, a, a shirt and tie. So Tim, you look fantastic as always. So that's why. this.
2: You, you know what? I'm just starting to do it now because you know what? Coach Freeman played Ohio State. Trestle wore a tie when Al Golden was a head coach. He wore a tie every week. So you know what? In honor of those guys, I'm just going to wear a tie.
1: Stop. listen. Listen. <laughs> For a podcast audience, I'm sorry. If you if you've never watched us on YouTube, I'm sorry, because Tim is such a handsome guy. Um, so you need to get on YouTube here. Cheers, Tim. And then Bernie also says Mike's looking like he's going to go full on Will Smith. If anyone disrespects his co-host voice, you're damn right. Keep her name out your mouth. <laughs>
0: Okay. okay, on we, that note, we, we, <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, we could break down the
2: hand slap if we want to do that, right? So, oh, oh, man. Man.
0: <laughs> All right, moving along, this is a very simple question. Mike, what is the best thing you saw guarding Notre Dame Athletics this week?
1: I'm going to go last, if that's okay. Wait, um, let me look at our topics. Nope, never mind. I'll go first. I thought I, I thought we were going to a different discussion next, so I will go now. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so we're going to do a new segment where we kind of talk about our favorite things that have gone on this week. We, we do the show every Wednesday. Um, Drunk Physico says, such a beautiful man. Tim, the people have spoken. Um, Tim's my All
2: my cousins are on tonight. <laughs> <you>.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so, this is the best thing I saw. And, again, I apologize for, uh, for, for uh, podcast folk. You can't get to watch this. But Dante Moore, five-star quarterback. Um, From Detroit, Martin Luther King, he arrived uh, to campus on Monday. And guess who was there to greet him? Ashton Pollard and several other media members. Straight up paparazzi style. Um, So this is the best thing I saw uh, this week. Um, I think it's what the best thing that Notre Dame fans saw all week was Dante Moore arriving to campus. And we will talk Dante Moore we will talk Keon Keeley. Both of the those guys have been on campus in what the past what five days or so. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about those guys when we shift from Notre Dame football to Notre Dame football recruiting discussion. But there he is, Dante Moore, uh, with his beautiful hair, um, and uh, Dante Moore giving a, a nod to the media, um, the, our TMZ paparazzi, and uh, and then at the end of the clip, which you can't hear it, is uh, the. Ashen, you you tell it actually like what what happened inside the 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 facility there.
0: Yeah, so I don't know how many players were in there, but they were loud. It was a a full on welcoming committee. Um, again, we as media did not get to see who that was, but there was massive cheer uh, from a, what sounded like a couple dozen Notre Dame players that were in there to greet Dante when he arrived.
1: Yeah, so that that's so. that's the best thing I saw, Tim.
0: Yeah,
2: my thing is is the photo of Zach Martin uh, coaching up Blake Fisher. Obviously, I'm a big O-line fan, and it's awesome to see Zach back. And I thought that was just awesome. You guys can go on the internet, everybody, and you'll just, see a, you'll just see a great picture of him just talking to Blake, breaking it down one-on-one. And I think what that symbolizes is you know, the standard that Harry Heastan set, and those guys are all coming back. There's been talk on, the, on Twitter and all that with a ton of offensive linemen coming back. During the summertime to work out with the guys, so I just thought, I thought that was great because Marcus Freeman's been positive about bringing alums back, and here they a bunch of them have been at spring ball so far in the last couple of weeks. So I I really enjoyed seeing that picture.
0: Uh, there were plenty of them. There were also several um, alums at pro day as well. So, yeah, I will go next. I'll keep it quick. But um, if any of you saw Marcus Freeman, he spoke at an event um, in town for the Notre Dame club of St. Joseph Valley. And he asked why he lets his kids come to practice. Basically, he had four of his six kids at practice one Saturday, the four youngest ones, because his wife was out of town with the oldest girl and the oldest boy was away for wrestling. And basically, he said it's twofold. That one... He likes to see his kids, obviously. The fatherly obligation of getting to see them say hi to them for five minutes. Um, He obviously has no time on hand, so when he gets to see them, he considers it a win. And then second, which kind of is what stuck out to me, was that he said a lot of his players grew up in fatherless households. They didn't have a male role model. They don't know what it's like to watch a husband interact with his wife, husband interact with his children, whatever. So he basically was saying, I think that we need to be the example. And I think that it was, it was very genuine. Like he wasn't just saying it because that's like the goals of oh, we need to be an example. He was he truly believed that if he could show his kids that there um, is his team that how to be a father that it would it would uh, benefit them. So that's what I, that was the best thing that I thought.
1: Yeah, real quick. You guys can drop super chats if you're with us live. Maybe this can, uh, w- with the with a nice super chat donation, we can, um, you know, um, get Ashton an upgraded Wi-Fi. Um, yeah, she, she it, 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 yeah. Ashton, but still, that that that's that was an awesome story. Um, but it would be so much better if we could hear every single word Ashton was saying. But um, yes, that that that, 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 that I love Marcus Freeman. This dude's awesome. I've been on this Marcus Freeman hype train since he got here um uh what 15 months ago or so um great man great man
0: yeah absolutely all right we will switch uh, gears we will go into spring ball um i don't know mike if did you i know um, i tim obviously you are not on campus at all but i'm sure you read a bunch of this stuff kind of and did anything stick out to you about spring ball tim i'll let you go first
2: yeah, reading all the reports, watching the videos, and you know, obviously listening to you guys talk afterwards on Saturday and whatnot. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things. I mean, quarterback, we'll get into quarterback. You guys want to talk about quarterback? It sounds like Buckner's having a, a heck of a spring from what a lot of reports are. Going back to the O-line, I like how the O-line is kind of solidified. They got a backup with Zeke at center. You know, it sounds like Tosh Baker's kind of solidified himself as the third best tackle now. And then the the big question is who's the third guard? More importantly, who's the number two guard? Can someone take over for for Josh Leg? And then wide receiver depth, everything we've heard five, six practices, whatever it's been. You hear the news is um is the depth is going to be a major issue? I think so. But uh, I know you did a nice article on running backs. All four are going to be needed this year because of the depth at receiver, and then defensively. I know in your cover three article, the fact that Barnes is being out there was out there in the nickel group. I know Cam Hart's not playing, but he's kind of solidified True. into that too deep as one of those young guys. And I think that's a real positive thing. And then, real quick, one thing, one name they haven't heard a lot about. And especially when they went nickel on Saturday, no Brandon Joseph. So they went with uh, Ramon Henderson and um, DJ Brown, who were the two guys at the end of the year last year. So. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn
1: more at Marines.com.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think you brought up my like, yeah, cover three with Ryan Barnes was he was out there getting first team rows, um, which I had to do like kind of a double take, look down at my roster, be like, is that actually Ryan Barnes out there? And to your point, he's in there for Cam Harden now, but I mean, he was not – super highly recruited. He's a three-star recruit, though. clearly he's impressing. And then running back-wise, yeah, that's also what stuck out to me. I think that not only does Kyra need to be replaced at running back, but... He needs your place as the slot receiver that he was. He was known as like third leading receiver. And Chris Tyree is kind of the obvious one for that position. But also Audrey Estimate is apparently making a little bit of a point. Not necessarily to be full-blown Kyra Williams, but he has better hands than McCullough expected. McCullough said that on Saturday. So I think it's just kind of the the depth at or I guess not the depth, but the variety of skills for the running back room um, is is shaping up to be better than eventually expected um Mike, are you any, any takeaways from what you've read yeah nothing
1: and I, i've watched a lot of video that you guys have taken from practices to media viewing so far um the, the very first practice and then this past saturday and then we'll also um have uh three or four of blue and gold staff members um had <coughs> a practice on saturday you guys get stretching in the first five periods Todd Burt, I mean, our staff is falling apart right now. Um, I've been sick all month. My voice is finally back, but I, I, I've been under the weather all month. Um, Ashton's had her voice issues. Todd Burlidge has a lung issue right now. Um, you know, uh, Patrick was just at a funeral. Like, it, 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 it's just crap is just always happening. Um, thankfully, Tim Hyde uh, has a beautiful, healthy um, a toddler, you know, crawling, running around. Um, so glad, uh, glad everything's good on Tim's end, but, um, yeah, so we'll have a lot of good coverage on Saturday. So we'll have YouTube content and uh, plenty of written stuff at blueandgold.com. uh, dollar, um, for a year premium access. But yes, biggest two things, nothing I haven't already discussed at length. Steve Angeli obviously has looked pretty good. Um, Tim likes to text me and be like, Mike, I mean, yeah, it was a great th- throw he had against the fourth string, but, um, and then, you know, I definitely don't throw up a middle finger at Tim when he does that. Definitely. That's not me at all. Um, and then I would say the offensive line, like I think the offensive line, um, you know, even with yeah. Patterson, out, I think you got to feel really good about that unit with Harry, he Stan leading it. Uh, the dude's a legend. Um, Zeke Carell um, filling in for Patterson right now. It, so it's experience of a backup as you're going to find. And then, uh, Joe, all leading the left side. Um, something that I thought Harry should do. Tim thought that it should be Blake Fisher. You know, I guess your, uh, your idol, Tim sides with me here. Um, I bet Harry, he stand thinks the world is Steve Angeli too, but you know, well, do you I know, know? What?
2: When, when Ash, I think, uh, he's going to be speaking next week. And, uh, I think, I mean, that's going to be the rumors that have been out there and whatnot is they actually thought about, you know, what were they going to do? And it sounds like they went with the experience. And one of the things, you know, we haven't talked about this was, was Alt and Christophic kind of merged together. And it sounds like they kept that left side intact because they played so much together. And I'm going, uh, I remember going back to one of the Christophic articles that blue and gold did where Andrew talked about the communication how that was just How Joe Alt was just like the best communicator out there, and I and it sounds like they kind of kept those guys intact, which is pretty, which is pretty, which is awesome, is what it is, because that's such a big part of the O line. And then, hey, Fisher's so good he could play anywhere, so they didn't want to spoil Joe Alt, make him have to think too much. Where they said it's easier for Fisher to obviously play multiple spots with his talent, of course, Mike.
0: Yeah, and then um, someone asked in here, any update on Joe Wilkins? Nothing since Saturday. If you aren't aware, Joe Wilkins obviously had an MCL issue last fall. Um, he was back practicing kind of full strength and tweaked something at practice on Saturday. But Freeman basically said, it, said nothing to worry about. Um, There's no update since that update on Saturday to answer that question. And then uh, as far as Xavier Watts goes, I haven't seen anything out of the ordinary. Nothing stuck out to me.
1: I mean, is he playing? Like, he is he is he getting? Like, do you see him much first team reps, Ashton?
0: No, no, he's not. No, he's not really getting first team reps. I didn't see. I was paying more attention to the linebackers because we had a lot of questions about that, but I didn't see very much of Watts. I mean, he was, he was there, he was dressed and whatnot. Like he was, it was more, I want to say third team with maybe uh Jalen Snead, if that quote me on that, but um, no, Watts is not getting more steam routes.
1: Man, the, the very <laughs> first recruiting class I covered for Notre Dame was the 2020 cycle. And <laughs> I remember thinking this receiver class is going to be so good. You got Jordan Johnson, the five-star who, when I went to oh. see him in person, I was like, he scored a couple touchdowns, um, in that game on two touches. Like they blew the team out and, um, like looked like the real deal. Love watching him in warmups. Um, and then the second time I saw him actually, no, that was the second time. The first time I saw him, he ran a, like a four, seven on a laser and everyone lost their minds. Cause he was supposed to be a speed demon. And, and, um, that was like a laser time though. And it's like, dude's still really fast. And but there's still a little bit in me, and I was like, I don't think this dude's a five-star at all. Little did I know, he's, I mean, through a couple of years of his playing career, he's more like a high three-star. I mean, didn't play Notre Dame his freshman year, maybe 10 snaps. And then UCF didn't play at all. So, I mean, he's um, kind of on a bus trajectory. So we're hoping that he can, you know, turn things around at UCF. Um, down in Orlando, Jay Brunel transfers to Yale, I want to say. Tim, is he up in your neck of the woods? yeah Yale. He went to Yale right yeah and Xavier Watts yeah. um now uh you know third 13, 13 linebacker slash safety whatever he's playing on defense right now it's just like man, a lot of blame towards Dell Alexander but I mean at the time we all thought that was a really good receiver class um just shows that you just never know you you just don't as much as we try to know Tim like, as a football coach, right, you, you you like to think you kind of figure things out, but you just don't know, especially in recruiting, right?
2: Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, recruiting, I mean, you can write novels on all the guys. You know, there's nothing better than going back 10 years, five years, seeing what they do. That's We're talking NFL draft. You know, how, how much fun is it going back to the NFL draft, seeing first-round guys, and you don't even know half of them. You never heard of these guys because they just disappear, so. Recruiting's a crapshoot, but it's uh it's it's fun to follow because it is the lifeblood of each and every team. But uh for some reason, Notre Dame's had a few, especially those wide receiver spots, just drift away lately.
0: That's a good segue into the recruiting portion of tonight. So I can really just turn this over to Mike. Mike start with Notre Dame Committee. He was on campus last weekend. And what are you hearing out of that visit and what's next for him?
1: Yeah, let's talk some recruiting. All right, star of the show time, Mike Singer. Here we go. I'm kidding. Yeah, Keon Keeley, um, huge visit. This was um, his, let's see, uh, according to his On3 profile, um, his third visit to Notre Dame, um, which now ties Florida. He's been to Florida three times as well, um, twice since he committed to Notre Dame. So pretty big visit, you know, last time he had, Benton Notre Dame was last October for the North Carolina game. So a a pretty big deal to get um, Mr. Keeley, the five-star number seven player in the country per the on three consensus back on campus. I haven't been able to catch up with Keon yet uh, because he uh, is on spring break. And like, he was at like a water park the other day. Like, you know, let let, let the kid have fun. What Ashton's sitting there, Ashton and Tim are thinking, what must it be like to be at a water park in March? But um, yeah, when you're in Florida, you get to to have those uh, those those liberties. Um, but uh, yeah, by all accounts, though, visit went extremely well. Um, I, I, the only like I, I think if he were to flip from Notre Dame, the three schools I would like even have as possibilities would be Florida, Alabama, Ohio State. Right now. I am really thinking that Ohio state might be the only school to keep an eye on. But if that kid's going to land somewhere in the Midwest, it's going to be Notre Dame. I I, I think it's going to be Notre Dame. If like, if he's going to go elsewhere from where I stand, what I'm hearing, it's going to be like a, like we saw with Devin Moore last year. It's going to be like a wants to stay close to home kind of deal. Otherwise, you know, it, it's, it's Notre Dame. And, and I think, His mom really wants him at Notre Dame. That's the school she's rooting for. Um, But it's the young man's decision at the end of the day. And um, it does appear to look pretty good um, for the fighting Irish. So he'll be back on campus. He's got two more visits lined up, guys. He'll be at Notre Dame for the blue gold game, April 23rd. And also again um, in June for an official visit. Keep an eye on the weekend of June 10th, a major one for the Irish. So yeah, I mean, Tim, just how big would it be for Notre Dame to keep him in this class? Massive, because they don't have guys like
2: him. Uh, they just don't. They they rarely get a. I mean, you're a top ten defensive end. I mean, it's been forever since that's kind of happened. And it, his explosiveness, his power, I mean, it's huge. Number one they went and got him before he blew up, you know, and sometimes, you know, we forget that like they went after him before any national rankings came out and he committed way back when, as you know, and um, now it's taken off once, you know, once his status is hit and things of that nature and people have seen him, but he's an instant impact football player. I mean, they're going to lose Fox Foskey, Adam Iola, you know, they, they need edge players because the recruiting has been a little light the last couple of years on that edge. And, He's he's an instant 2023 football player in day one at home against Ohio State next year. I see him.
1: Yeah. Not not the only big time visitor on campus, though, in the past week.
0: Oh, so Mike, um, as you alluded to, Dante Moore was on campus uh through yesterday. So Monday, Tuesday, what'd you see?
1: Yeah, Dante Moore, five star quarterback. Um, man, the For how big Keon Keely's visit was for Notre Dame, we're going to kind of touch on the impact of these two guys. But wanted to kind of share what I'm hearing. Um, I posted two articles earlier on Wednesday, um, like kind of what sources told me, Um, and you could find that in a Lucky Charms article, and then also on three's Chad Simmons interviewed um, Dante Moore's father. We have that story up, so you can kind of get all the perspective there. Um, Would love to interview Dante himself, but he's kind of, you know, he's not always doing phone interviews, Um, especially, you know, now with his recruitment being quite the, I don't know the right word to go with, but very popular, ton of eyes on his recruitment. Everyone wants to know where he's going. So on three recruiting prediction machine algorithm has him heavily favored towards Notre Dame now, and this just updated in the past 24 hours. I tried to figure out why it went from 63% Notre Dame to 75%. Um, that's just the algorithm. The algorithm for, and, and you can learn more about it on 3.com, but the algorithms liking Notre Dame. Oregon jumped from about the number four spot to the number two spot, um, 8.9%, which is kind of interesting because I'm hearing more Oregon buzz a little bit more here recently. But um, Notre Dame, the heavy favorite per the recruiting prediction machine. Um, visit went really well tons of people are thinking hey like uh, yo bama just uh, said on the in our youtube chat do you think it's possible they went crazy in the building because he verbally committed to the team literally guys he got to campus walked in the doors <laughs> and they erupted there was no time to be like hey guys like i'm no that that that's not what happened um, did he tell the staff hey i'm coming or tell any of the players like hey this is where i want to be look maybe but do you know how many commitments there are, and then the kids decommit, right? Like a lot of people say, commitments are not the paper, or not worth the paper they're written on. Then how much more are silent commitments worth? Like if you guys are going to be like, "All right, Dante Moore silently committed," what does that mean? It don't mean crap, if, especially if he's going to go to Ohio State this up, upcoming weekend, um, as people um, have reported and kind of speculated how much does that mean if he goes to Oregon again, or what what does that mean if he takes five official visits? So kind of where I'm at guys with Dante Moore is if he decides here in the next few weeks, I think you feel really good about Notre Dame's chances. If he takes a few official visits, maybe all five and this thing stretches into the summer, you still feel good. Um, at least I would, um, with the information I have now, but you, you're not as confident. So that, that's kind of where I'm standing now. And, and then Tim, pop on some highlights here for YouTube. This is video I took from a, a recent Pylon 7-on-7 seven seven tournament. I mean, just w- what what do you see on tape when you watch Dante Moore?
2: Well, we've talked about this the last couple of months. Uh, for me, it's the release. Uh, I love the way he holds the ball. I love the way uh, his placement of the ball where he throws he's so quick. There's, you know, there's, I mean, look at that throw right there. There's no wasted movement. He's turning. He's, 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 he's good. And it's, and it's easy to say, but quick release, outstanding accuracy. He throws the ball on point, you know, especially what you were down with. Didn't you see him in the Atlanta one? Was it? Yep. This is those? it.
1: Yep. This is it, Tim.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. And, yeah. And they're all in hoodies. I remember you telling me how cold it was down there. So, um, you know, which is wild, but his accuracy it's it's on point. I mean, Notre Dame hasn't had a guy like this in a in a long time throw passes like this guy. Uh, he's he's a biggie. He's a biggie. I mean, we sit here and, and talk to' we're blue in the face and you know, and if he is still shopping around and you hate to use the word shop around, but if he's still looking around, I don't know, maybe I'm still old school in that Notre Dame, you know, they used to get three quarters of their commits during the banquet weekend in December. so you know Alabama you know Alabama only has two commits right now and people are freaking out on at Notre Dame it's like Alabama's got two commits it's like it's still only march so let you know let a little of this process play out he is a premier football player he is looking around the the Oregon stuff's interesting just because they've lost out on a couple guys you know that they've offered so you know that that you know that would be interesting but at the end of the day he's a Midwest guy and I keep going back Marcus Freeman was hired because he's a recruiter. Well, here's a guy a couple hours away from you. You know, they they got to close the deal on Dante Moore. He's got to be his quarterback in his first class. That's you know that's my opinion on this whole thing.
1: Yeah, couple. So when you say couple, I think two. Detroit ain't no two hours from from South Bend. If it were, I'd be sending Ash in there every other weekend um, to go report on Dante Moore. Uh, the other thing is, yeah. oh man. I'll, I'll kind of segue into our next topic here and, and I'll ask this to, to Tim. If Notre Dame is able to sign both Dante Moore and Keon Keeley, I'm, I'm really curious for for your opinion on this as someone who's followed Notre Dame for as long as you have. And man, do I wish Luce Emoji were here so I could ask him this. Has Notre Dame ever signed a duo like that talented? Like we're talking... Um, those two, um, Keon Keeley, five-star defensive end, Dante Moore, five-star quarterback. Like, has Notre Dame ever been able to sign two players like that highly touted in the same class?
2: Uh, go back to Lou Holtz.
1: <laughs> you gotta have to go way back
2: when, you know, during the Holtz years, um, you know, you look, you look at it as guys coming in, it's, you know, Jimmy, I mean, you just start looking at the five stars, Jimmy Claussen you know. You know, the best, you know, the best lineman that was with him, I think, was Ian Williams, who is ranked in the mid-200s. You know, Dane Chris didn't have anybody. He was a five-star. Gunner Kiel didn't have it. I mean, you literally got to go back to Ron Paulus and Rick Meyer, who were the number one quarterbacks in the country, you know, national players of the year in 89 and 93. And they each had five-star defensive linemen come their way as well. Back then, everyone, fought, you, know, it was, you know, back then it was the USA Today All-American parade all americans and notre dame would clean house back then so it's it's way back to that era when you're looking at guys like this now in the same class nfl draft i found this interesting where you know brady quinn wasn't a five star but he was a four star highly recruited first round draft pick and then that's the year notre dame got uh, victor abby and mary who was a five star which you know loose emoji be talking about the white whales we mentioned how he He was the first one in 20 years to be a five-star DN. And they also had Trevor Laws in that group. Trevor and Victor Mary were both second-round draft choices. So that's the last time I found where guys in the NFL were that highly ranked uh, being d linemen and uh, quarterback. So Dante, Keon, it's a testament to Marcus Freeman that they're in this. that, That they're in this. I mean, Notre Dame has not been in five stars this high. You're looking at to, uh, two of the top 20 kids' consensus in the country. So, I mean, you got to go back to Lou Holtz, <laughs> Eric Parsegian, for something like this. And it's uh, it's it's fascinating to look that if Marcus Freeman could close this because then that goes into your topic, which you've been doing the last year plus, Mike, of top five. Can Notre Dame finish the top three? Can Notre Dame finish top one? If they get Keon and Dante, they got a legitimate shot at a
1: top three, Correct. All right, I yeah, yes, I, I, it's gonna be tough <laughs> to get into the top three. Remember, ten that topic we had yep. recently about uh, receiver rankings. It's like getting the number yep. forty receivers a lot different than the number three center. It's kind of the same, like for like these top five rankings. It's like, all right, top five ranking, let's do it. Yeah, there's like fifteen teams that like could be right there. It's like there's a lot of schools vying for that top five. Mm-hmm um it's it's not easy to you know get past Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oregon um you know LSU, Oklahoma like you got to you got to remove those schools from the top 5 to get into it but Notre Dame just signed like that 2022 class what's a, what's a letter grade for it Tim like a like a B B plus maybe A minus if you're very optimistic finish yes. number 6 per the on three consensus. So like that 2022 class felt like pretty good, but like you're there's a little bit of meat left on that bone or it feels like 2023 and guys, I apologize for always being like, well, it's the next one. That's going to be the big one. But like 2023 with Marcus Freeman as the head coach, I mean, it, it feels like it could be the big one. When you look through each position, we're going to talk about running backs here coming up next in our live show you know, running back recruiting is gonna looking like they're going to get a couple four-stars. Got a great tight end. Um, looks like they're going to sign like four-star guys across the board at receiver. Offensive linemen might get a five-star or two before it's all said and done. Defensive line, you already got a five-star committed linebackers. Um, Drake Bowen's one of the best in the country. You know, cornerbacks, um, you've got that whole defensive backroom. You're fending off some really good... Um,
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a AM member FDIC. Jewelry
1: isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com
2: Well, I agree. You know, my question to you is, is you know, the parlay to this Dante Moore top three class, so to speak, you know, like Alabama, like I just said, they only got two commitments. You know where they're going to be at the end of the day. So, you know, they're going to be the top notch. but. You know, does Dante more because he's so highly ranked, Notre Dame hasn't had a five-star, you know, since Gunnar Keel, and he was only there a year, you know? So, you know, when I look at five stars, it's, it's Jimmy Clausen. Jimmy brought in a lot of guys with him. Does Dante do that? Because Notre Dame doesn't have any wide receiver commits yet. Are some of those guys still waiting? But, they're, I mean, you'll know better than this. Their wide receiver room is really spread out nationally, it seems like. So, you know, does is Dante waiting? You know, if he does take official visits, does that, does that, you know, great house? Does he's like, Hey, I'm just going to stay home and go to Texas then? You know, because I know what Sark's do and whatnot. Does Gallagher says Franklin's being here. He's got quarterbacks. I'll go with him. Does that, does that start to hurt that room? I think is something that's uh, out there. I
1: don't know if that's true or not. The old pipe Piper and,
2: you know, how real is that sometimes? You
1: know, how how really real like, is receivers wanting to join quarterbacks? that's real
2: so that's are they you know how long are these some of these guys gonna wait and find out if Notre Dame gets Dante now let's say Dante goes to Oregon Notre Dame's not going to get a quarterback this year more than likely no yeah.
1: they'll get a quarter they'll, they would still get a quarterback I just don't know who it would be um look I I am of the opinion that kids go where they want to go like If Dante commits to Notre Dame, yes, he will recruit for the Irish. Um, Blake Fisher, like when we talk about these faces of the class, like if Dante commits, he's immediately the face of the class. Like, sorry, Drake Bowen, who is right now. Like, Dante just becomes it. Like, he's a five-star quarterback. Um, Drake Bowen is a solid Robin to that Batman, though. I Like, Blake Fisher, though, five-star offensive tackle in the 2021 class. Man, he was aggressive as a recruiter. He would get like pissed if kids weren't going to know like he, w- he was like very active and, and aggressive in it. Like Dante though, like I, I I don't I think he'll be a little bit more chill about it. But at the end of the day, even Rocco Spindler, who was best buddies with Blake Fisher, he didn't pick Notre Dame like because of Blake Fisher. I don't think Blake Fisher's in his top five reasons. I I would say the same for Dante Moore and if you're a receiver Maybe it's more like a top three reason like that you're coming in with a five-star quarterback. But I mean, then we can have the discussion about when would Dante Moore even play? So, you know, it might not be until your third year that you would even catch passes in a game from Dante Moore, potentially. You know, who knows? So I don't buy a whole lot into, well, if Dante Moore commits, dominoes are going to fall for the rest of the class. They're all going to want to play with Dante. I don't. I don't buy into that because kids at the end of the day choose where they want to go.
2: I, and I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. You know, it's going to be more of some, you know, some of the guys he may know
1: already because the receiver uh, class
2: is kind of spread out. I mean, they're down yeah.
1: in Texas recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, buddies, he's buddies with Carnell Tate. They visited yeah. Notre Dame a couple of times together. I don't know if that, I don't know if that's a difference maker because then you look at Ohio State's quarterbacks and who they have and it's, it's darn good. So. Well, um, I'll tell
2: you what, if, if Dante, if Dante signs and he doesn't play until his third year, that, number one, that's not going to happen. So uh,
1: he that's will, he will
2: he, he will play early. I, I I'll put two dollars on that.
1: I mean, he, he I'll will. bet a dollar that oh, he will, and that'll cover a, a year of premium access at blueandgold.com. So okay. yes, but the discussion of when would would Dante Moore play that is uh, one that we will have um, if he commits, and I, I am excited to have that conversation with you, Tim. That'll be fun.
2: Oh, yes, yes. That will be definitely a fun night.
0: That would be hilarious. I can't wait for that. All right, moving to our little topic. So, 2023, sticking with that recruiting class, we're going to talk running back. So, Notre Dame has one committed right now in Cedric Irvin. They're looking at taking another one. Um, according to on three right now, Jaden Lamar is trending in Notre Dame's direction. Um, Mike, would you like to commit? I mean, not commit. Would you like to comment on um, Cedric Irvin and where Notre Dame stands with him right now?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and announce my commitment uh, to blueandgold.com. Teasing you, Ashton. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of give the quick rundown yeah. of running back recruiting. And then I want Tim. This is a t- like running back recruiting to me is not super fascinating right now, but it is to Tim. It, it, it's kind of cut and dry for me. You got Cedric Irvin committed. Solid player, really nice offer list Alabama, Georgia, Penn State, Michigan, uh, many others. So, you know, he's committed to Notre Dame. You got Jeremiah Love on the board, visited Notre Dame on St. Patrick's Day. Um, Definitely a player to keep an eye on. I heard really good things about where Notre Dame stands for him coming out of his visit. And then you got Jaden Lamar, who Ashton just mentioned about that, um, you know, on three as I'm leaning towards Notre Dame, 95.6%. Um, in, in large part due to that uh, for YouTube audience. You see that prediction on the screen that I put in uh, a couple weeks ago. So that's a, that's a big reason why um, the RPM hasn't trending so hard towards Notre Dame. You got two running back spots in this class. Irvin's already committed. Who's next? If Lamar commits next, then it's kind of like, what do they do about Jeremiah Love? Um, I think that'll kind of be like a – let things play out situation you never know J, uh, jeremiah love is too good to not continue recruiting in my opinion see the on three consensus list them as the number 342 player in the country the number 24 running back on three's own rankings um, which make up 25 percent of that consensus ranking um, number 127 player and nationally number five running back So that's kind of the rundown of running back recruiting. I think the Irish look great for all these guys, of course, including Irvin, who's committed. Tim, what made you so interested to discuss this topic?
2: Well, number one, yeah. What I do not – I mean, how is Notre Dame not in national – I find running back recruiting interesting because Notre Dame is known as two things, producing tight ends and producing O-line. And where are the running backs to run behind these guys? If you're a national running back, how do you not want to go play behind Notre Dame, who are monsters up front, NFL's loaded with these guys, and it is the most fascinating, puzzling dynamic, I think, in recruiting is running back recruiting. Now, I know a lot of the premier ones, Notre Dame has not gotten those, and they've gotten them on campus, they've they've been visited, they've been in their final two or three, you know, this past year they almost got a couple, obviously – you know, we could, you know, have a drink and talk about the Will Shipley, you know, a- episodes that went on with Will. Uh, we went so
1: long without mentioning Will Shipley. And, and Tim oh, just did it.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, we're, we're going to see him in a couple months, so get ready. But, um, you yeah, know, well, Notre Dame, I mean, two of the top three backs Notre Dame's going to see is, you know, Henderson, Ohio State and Shipley. So I just find it fascinating where. And, you know, in the last 20 years, 20 years going all the way back, 20 years to Tyrone Willingham, Notre Dame has signed six top 10 running backs, six. Four of them were four years in a row with Charlie Weiss. So Notre Dame is is signing, is, is running back the wide receiver, Mike, is getting the 25th, the 28th, the 33rd guy the same as getting that guy in wide receivers. You know, no. you know it's, I mean, Brian Kelly signed Greg Bryant and uh, Chris Tyree. That's it in top in the top 10. I I just find running back recruiting interesting and I see the guys Notre Dame is on and I see these guys at running back and I'm like are they going to are they going to beat the top 10 teams with these running backs? That's just my take when I watch some of their film.
1: All right, Tim, let's talk about some of these guys. We'll pop on for YouTube Cedric Irvin's film. I will say like Notre Dame likes Cedric Irvin a lot. He looks small in this film. Like he just does. I don't know if it's like the the, the camera or, or if it makes everyone kind of look smaller, but he, he does look small, but then you see pictures of him like on Instagram or he's like, you know, some photographers there taking pictures of him working out. The dude's like yoked. <laughs> so, you know, you can be sure he's listed at five ten, hundred seventy seven. 177. You can be sure at the running back position, no problem. And, and, you know, the dude is, is, is built like a brick. Um, but I, I am curious. Um, this is junior film that Bloom and gold shot last year of him. There's no junior film available on huddle. So this is all we got. Um, what, what do you think about Cedric Irvin? Well, we talked about him when he committed,
2: he, he's got a burst. He's definitely got some nice athleticism. You know, he, he caught the ball really well in some of the videos we had. You Yeah. He, he's a solid football player. I mean, he, he is, he's a solid football player. Is he a guy that's going to come to Notre Dame and rush for 1200 yards and, and lead you to an 11 one football season for coach Freeman? I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. And that's is me. I'm trying not to be negative when it comes to running back recruiting. But it's like, you know, is he the biggest, strongest guy? No. You know, I think the four, I think the four on campus now are, are all, all better than him. That's, you know, my humble opinion there. I think the four they have on campus are outstanding. You know, Estime was the 15th ranked back. He's a tank. You know, Price, I think, is the most underrated kid in that entire class. His, his film at Texas was explosive. I don't think we see that in Irvin, so it'll be interesting to see how how you know how it how it goes with Notre Dame. If if Notre Dame's going to have a number one class, that means they're going to be filling in with some more dudes and is running back that position. Is McCullough happy with him? You know, you got McCullough who's who's an NFL coach. Does he see that in Cedric Irvin? So that's just my uh, quick questions on him.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Irvin in person. Um, I mean, he's got a great offer list. Um, I mean, rankings-wise, On3 has him as a three-star. He was—we'll pull up the industry comparison here uh, on his On3 page. He was ranked in the top 100 by a lot of these sites, and they dropped him down after his junior year. Um, again, not much film available, so I don't know if that's like a, I can see the point of people being like, uh, oh, well, you know, there's no film, so you don't want to penalize other players for— did have film who look really good that you know more about passing but also I understand like why would you drop them if you don't have any new yeah I, I don't know but that that's just kind of what it is Irvin kind of falling down the hype train whereas someone like Jeremiah Love has really exploded here track guy six one one ninety five. um see the on three recruiting prediction machine gives Missouri Michigan and Notre Dame equal odds he's only taken three visits to my knowledge um, all three to those, those schools. Um, so let's watch some of his tape. Um, and uh, why, why don't you tell us what you think?
2: <laughs> Get him the ball on outside zone. Tommy Reese and Harry Houston, uh love that play. He's, I mean, look at this play. Ex- explosive. When you watch, I mean, this, see, this is a guy where you go in rankings and you're like, how is this guy not much higher, you know, unless there's that many great running backs. Explosive explosive, amazing burst in those legs. He, I mean, he looks like, I mean, right there in the stance, he looks like Josh Adams. He's got a little burst and giddy up, you know, going back to my heyday with Ricky waters, the way, you know, Ricky would run and um, he's electric. He, he he looks like an sec football player when he runs outside zone. So he's definitely a guy that if he's like coach Freeman, I want to come, you got to bring this guy because running backs, you just never know you just never know the shelf life in those guys does Tyree have a great junior year and take it and go like Kyron Williams did sure so you know if that happens you're down to three so with Logan Diggs uh you know not to get the rumor mill or anything because it's been crazy with him but you know Audric Estime, who's having a heck of a spring ball becomes the number two does Logan feel out of place you know it's you start getting in all these and and you know better than anyone Mike with recruiting now it's it's wild. It's the wild, wild west. You never know who's going to be here in six months. So if someone gets their feelings hurt, so he's definitely a guy you take, and I think you would agree with that.
1: Yeah, he's a dude. He's yes. a dude. I don't know. I think the, Odric over Logan thing is a. Uh, it's a little bit of a stretch, but, um, yeah, I'm he
2: the lines and all the spring reports that have been out there and uh he, he got a lot he he was out there when the number twos were called over logan on saturday and a lot of the reports so i'm, I'm just saying it's practice five who knows you know obviously those two being in the same class that's going to be a good battle to watch
1: yeah you look at jeremiah love um i love how they kind of slowed the film down a little bit on some of these oh, okay, he's that. he's a dude someone commented here on youtube uh you know he g- goes to a great school christian brothers in st louis Um, so profile school for Notre Dame and plays really good football. Um, yeah, (laughs) Jeremiah Love, um, is, is a really good looking prospect. And then, uh, we'll, we'll kind of wind it down our YouTube show here. Jaden Lamar, um, also a guy on three has as a three star in their own rankings. Um, but the consensus has him as the number 27, excuse me, number 273 player nationally, number 15 running back, um, number one rated running back on that west coast we'll watch um some of his junior highlights tim what do you think about jayden lamar i've watched this film plenty of times here recently yeah i still don't know i'm still kind of like i i feel like i want to know more about him i feel like his junior tape does not tell me enough i see on his film so many times this little bubble screen where he's like kind of is this actually where it is? Yeah. He goes out yeah, and then he comes back in. Like, I, I feel like I see this play like 40 times. I'm like, is he more of a gimmicky back? Is he in every down back? Like, I don't, I, I I know Notre Dame loves him, but I watch his tape and I'm like, I just am so intrigued and curious and just want to learn more.
2: Mike, I am 1,010% in agreement with you on this one. Uh, Well, My- I must
1: be wrong then, Tim. Hey, no, exa- I'm
2: my my t- i that's that's funny because you and I have not talked about him and my take is exact here's the screen again, exactly like yours. Like I would love to know more. Uh I know I mean you're reporting on him is Notre Dame loves him and it sounds like he loves Notre Dame. And you know, what's the level of competition? He 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 reminds me a lot of, of the Oregon back who now transferred to USC, Travis Dye. He has that same body type. Or It seems like Oregon has had a dozen of these guys over the years. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm fascinating because is he a guy that's going to run inside zone for you when it's third and two? Is he going to go get that hard nose yards, you know, when Notre Dame's got to play, you know, in South Beach and, you know, Coach Cristobal's building up Miami and that's going to be a big game in a couple of years. And, you know, and he's a junior, let's say. it's I, I don't know. It's a, he's a fascinating guy. He's, he's not a guy I, I expected Notre Dame to – have as their top two running back this year in the class, so I, you yeah, know, I'm a lot, I'm a lot like you. I don't know how tough he is, how powerful he is, but um, you know, he's got a little bit of wiggle, so they must see something in him unless they think and he's going to be a straight slot.
1: Yeah, a lot of his wiggle, though. I was thinking, of like, a lot of his runs were like didn't show much wiggle. It's just him kind of bouncing off guys, and then you do see the wiggle. I'm like, man, like then I'm like, is the competition thing? I don't know. I, I'm just intrigued. I want to learn a lot more, but he is a versatile back. There's the screenplay again. I don't know how any school playing against him, whenever this kid goes out in motion, the slot, how you just don't know exactly what the play is, but he's a good looking back. I don't know where I would rank the three. I would, to be honest, I know who I'd probably have Jeremiah love number one though. Too. Oh
0: yeah.
2: If, if I'm coach McCullough, I'm spending, you know, if I got 10 bucks, I'm spending eight of them on, uh, love at <laughs> <Okay. laughs> lunch. you know, uh, cause he's just, I mean, he's a burst cut guy. I mean, he could get outside in a heartbeat just like Josh Adams could. And he could cut like crazy. I, you're right. I haven't seen great cuts out of him unless they're just recruiting him to be a straight slot.
1: No, you know, no, you know, I, no. Then if
2: they are, is he a guy that could get you 18, 20 carries sometimes? I, I don't know, Mike, I, I I'm really in, in a. I'm really intrigued by him. On, well, here's
1: uh, here's another data point. He ran like a a four five at a at a recent combine in the Pacific Northwest. So, yeah, well, this, is
2: he the one that ran a ten seven hundred or was that Love? I
1: don't one know. one of those guys. Uh, ran, Love yeah. love's a track star. I know that. Yeah, Love, I think that might ten be seven is flying by the at way. Six one
2: one ninety five. Yes, 10 is ten flying. So, and I did hear about. You know the uh, the Oregon uh, kid, Oregon. He's out of Washington, excuse me. Running a four or five, he may be fast, but is he in in the tackle guy? You know, against some of these guys, Notre Dame are going to be playing. You know, is he going to get through that Texas A&M defensive line in a couple years? I don't know.
1: All right, well, fun show. Ashton's been with us this whole time, by the way, but I was texting her off air, being like, "You're lagging pretty bad, so we're just gonna, (laughs) I'll just kind of wrap this thing up." Um, So, um, Ashton. Uh, appreciate you hanging hanging with us and uh, Tim appreciate the insight as always folks watching uh, hit the thumbs up on YouTube uh, leave us a kind rating uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast we will be back next Wednesday again folks on s- this Saturday April 2nd um, after I watch Liverpool and Watford play that morning uh, big Reds fan here uh, we will have spring practice uh, wrapping up around 1 p.m. or so so make sure you check all the reports Um, on blueandgold.com and our YouTube page here. So um, Notre Dame fans, we will catch you guys next time.